the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Intelligent Radio, fueled by Lucky's Station. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. President Trump has problems with the ongoing Russia investigation. Here's Ben Thomas. In a rapid-fire series of tweets from his Palm Beach estate Sunday morning, the president has been venting his anger over the Russia probe arguing that the Obama administration bears some of the blame, insisting that he never denied the election meddling, and declaring that if it was Russia's goal to create discord, disruption, and chaos within the U.S., they have, quote, succeeded beyond their wildest dreams. Ben Thomas, Washington. The president also blasting the FBI for its admitted mishandling of a tip prior to the Florida school shooting. Florida Governor Rick Scott, meanwhile, has called on FBI Director Christopher Wray to resign. Iran's state-run Erna News Agency is saying that the death toll in a commercial airplane crash is now at 65 people. More details at srnnews.com. Joe Walsh doesn't see government spending slowing down. It is so crystal clear that it doesn't matter what party is in charge. Government keeps getting bigger, and that debt keeps growing. Two-year budget deal. That'll add about a trillion dollars to the deficit this year and add another trillion plus to the deficit next year. The Joe Walsh Radio Program, weeknights at 11 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. This is AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Coming up next is the second half of the Northern Alliance Radio Network with the closer Brad Carlson on AM 1280, The Patriot. Don't go anywhere. First, we'll give you a quick weather update. A high of 43 degrees in mostly cloudy skies. The temperatures are dropping, though. A high of only 25 and snow likely through most of Monday. A high of 20 degrees with a chance of more snow on Tuesday. And then 19 and sunny on Wednesday. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer, go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into the show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also text your comments or questions. That number is 651-243-0390. And you can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN. That's hashtag N-A-R-N. For any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, there's a lot to get to in our one-hour broadcast, so we will uh, hop right to it. Uh, it by the way, uh, if, you, if you have an opportunity to podcast Mitch's show yesterday, the first hour, uh, he spent a lot of time, of course, talking about the uh, tragedy down in uh, Parkland, Florida, of course, it was this past Wednesday where there was a uh, mass shooting that took place. It was at uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, again in Parkland, Florida. A 19-year-old by the name of uh, Nicholas Cruz uh, walked into this school. Uh, I guess he was an alumnus of this school and opened fire, ended up killing uh, 17 people, many of whom were obviously school-age kids. There were some adults, including a football coach, who... Uh, literally gave up his life to protect kids from getting shot. That uh, football coach ended up dying uh, from his injuries. Just a uh, sad, sad, sad situation all around. And if I've learned anything from the mass shootings that have taken place over the past decade, 
is that to avoid social media like the bubonic plague uh, for, well, if, if you're smart, avoid it for a good 48 hours because the reaction is immediate, uh, particularly from the secularist left, from the gun grabbers, and from those on the uh, progressive side politically. I mean, that's that's just a fact. Because they have an agenda to rid people of of their guns. Let's just be honest about it. And I'm going to get to this in a little bit. I'm going to kind of uh, draw this out a little bit. That the the calls for Congress to do something, as well as uh, scapegoating the National Rifle Association, both incredibly misguided. And I'll get to that probably in the next segment. But I did at least wanted to uh, start out with this. Uh, my own particular perspective is that I, as soon as I, I heard about this, without knowing the number of casualties, but assuming there would be a number of them, I personally chose to pray fervently for those who, who lost loved ones in this tragedy, as, as well as the survivors uh, who were in utter shock given what happened in their midst. I mean, there were probably those who suffered uh, mortal injuries, others who saw literally right in front of them people being gunned down, and I, that that was my first reaction. And and it just it, it it never ceases to amaze me how some people their very first reaction is to take to social media and start impugning the character and motives of certain groups, whether it's impugning the the character and motives of congressional Republicans, of members of the NRA of people who declare themselves big advocates for the Second Amendment. And and I'd be willing to bet that a good number of these people who spend their time impugning the motives and the character of Second Amendment advocates, NRA members, and, and congressional Republicans, that none of them care as much about those who lost their lives as they do furthering their political agenda. Not all of them. Not going to. Paint, use a broad brush, paint all these people in that category. But I would be, and, there, and there's no way to know, but I would be willing to to bet that furthering their political agenda far outweighs the sorrow that they may have for those who lost their lives. There's no other conclusion to draw, given how it's the usual suspects that come out and, and, and say these things. And this and and I'll 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 admit there are way too many mass shootings that have taken place, and of course the first thing that should be on our minds is to you know mourn for those who have lost their lives. Obviously, say a prayer, whatever your or whatever your worldview might be for those who have lost loved ones. Because let's be honest, the vast majority of those who were killed were high school students. I mean, my wife and I don't have kids, but we know people who have had children brought children in this world and through whatever circumstances have had a, a child pass away. And I've heard from several parents who have experienced that, and the one common denominator that what they all convey is that it is the most confusing time in their lives. I mean, and to, to, to bring a human into this world and then to see that human leave before you do, it's, it, it doesn't make sense. And that's, again, the common denominator that a lot of these parents convey. And yet, to sit there and use their children as political pawns in this tragedy, that's not helpful. That's not helpful for those who are mourning the loss of their loved ones. Okay? So, uh, you get you get this, and now it's, it's kind of become in vogue to, uh, for se- particular secularists to say, you know, to basically say, well, you know what you can do with your thoughts and prayers? That's not going to help a thing. Or really? But taking to social media and, and and just saying vile, disgusting things about gun owners and people who offer thoughts and prayers, is that somehow cathartic? Is that somehow going to, to, to help you with the, with this tragedy? I, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And uh, look, I'm not I'm not advocating that nothing be done to address these issues. Let's let's get that on the table right now. In fact, uh, I don't have really a lot of time to develop this, so I'll, I'll maybe get to that in the next segment. I'm not advocating that nothing be done to address these issues surrounding these mass shootings. 
Absolutely, absolutely not. I'm all for civil discourse, emphasis on the word civil, where cold hard facts are presented on either side. But again, there there's there's another issue that comes up because the media, when they report on the weaponry use, without fail, mischaracterize the type of weapon used. Everything to them is a machine gun. You know, a machine gun was used to per, to to uh, commit these atrocities. Why do people need machine guns? Well, uh, pretty much a lot of the weapons you're talking about have either been outlawed for decades or there's a very, very, very high threshold for civilians to own these guns per ATF statutes. So let so first of all, when when these atrocities are reported on, basic facts are just flat out flubbed. And then when fact checks are presented to any of these misconstrued statements, the initial erroneous statement continues to be parroted by so many media outlets. And with today's culture of social media, it's even more pervasive. Because how many retweets did that one faulty statistic get where they indicated there are eight there have been eighteen mass shootings since uh the beginning of the year, since January first, twenty eighteen? That was flat out false. They were including incidents like I think there was a uh, elementary school kid who accidentally discharged a, a BB gun. No one was hurt. And there was there was another elementary school kid I something along the lines of uh, a officer's weapon was a- accidentally discharged near a youngster in a school. No no injuries or, or deaths, thank goodness, came from that. But they were lumping that in with mass shootings. Okay? And, then, and the actual number turned out to be like 11, which is still way, way, way too many. Way too many to be acceptable. And, and, and any attempts to put a positive spin on there was only 11 mass shootings would be absurd. But that's the point. Why do they feel the need to embellish these statistics to to further the, this agenda? If, if they are really, really serious about having a conversation about guns, why are you embellishing statistics on tragedies that have already taken place? That's a rhetorical question, by the way. I think we know why. But you're hurting your own cause when you do that because then eventually the word gets out. It's like, no, there haven't been 18 mass shootings. I mean, the Washington Post, not exactly a conservative rag, came out and refuted that there have been 18 mass shootings and said the number is closer to 11. Okay, which again, way too many. Way too many. And that's the point. You can use actual statistics to try to make your case, but yet they they try to embellish it, and, and no nobody wins in those particular debates. So that's why I say when you, when we're talking about sitting down and laying out cold, hard facts, well, part of that process, too, would be acknowledging facts that undermine your narrative or your worldview. And apparently today, in today's political and social culture, that's just not possible. So guess what? For those of you who I- impugn the motives of those conveying thoughts and prayers, because of that in particular environment, I'd say I... Me personally, speaking for myself personally, I'm doubling up on the thoughts and prayers if we can't even sit down and have an honest conversation where honest facts are put forth. And then if erroneous statements are brought to the table, say, well, that's erroneous, here's why. Okay, but nobody is willing to to give up their particular worldview or their particular particular narrative. So uh, when we come back the next segment, I'm going to lay out why uh, the calls for Congress to do something or scapegoating the National Rifle Association are incredibly misguided. That may not be popular with some, and if not, hey, give me a call. Let me know. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Uh, and you can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN, hashtag N-A-R-N. Uh, if I'm wrong, you believe I'm wrong, let me know. AM 12 the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Would you like to protect your nest egg? At Online Trading Academy, we teach the skills to grow and protect your investments. Learn this rules-based strategy with our best-in-class instructors, teaching you how to get your arms around your money so you can retire with no worries. 
Learn the skills to profit from the markets going up or down by joining us for a comprehensive free workshop by calling pound 250 on your cell phone. Use the keyword OTA. Again, that's pound 250, keyword OTA. Grab a cup of coffee and help Gallagher's Army at Lucky Station. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. You know Gallagher's Army provides financial assistance to the families of fallen officers when they need it most, as soon as a tragedy occurs. When you buy a cup of coffee at any Lucky's Station convenience store, they're going to make a donation to Gallagher's Army, the Fallen Officer Fund. There's a Lucky's Station store in every corner of the metro. Find them online at luckysstations.com. That's Lucky's with an S, stations with an S, dot com. Cups for cops from Lucky's Stations. Who's the fairest of them all? Hear the truth about opportunity, taxes, and wealth in America. Please join Center of the American Experiment on Wednesday, February 21st at the Hilton Hotel, downtown Minneapolis, for a lunch forum with Stephen Moore as he discusses the recent tax reform law and what it means for you. Moore served as a senior economic advisor to Donald Trump during the 2016 presidential campaign. The event starts at noon and concludes at 1.15 p.m. For tickets and more information, visit AmericanExperiment.org. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard people. Who's the fairest of them all? Hear the truth about opportunity, taxes, and wealth in America. Please join Center of the American Experiment on Wednesday, February 21st at the Hilton Hotel, downtown Minneapolis, for a lunch forum with Stephen Moore as he discusses the recent tax reform law and what it means for you. Moore served as a senior economic advisor to Donald Trump during the 2016 presidential campaign. The event starts at noon and concludes at 1.15 p.m. For tickets and more information, visit AmericanExperiment.org. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. Hey, we got some free stuff to give away. You like free stuff, don't you? Well, uh, this weekend, starting on Friday, February 23rd through Sunday, February 25th, the Lake Home and Cabin Show is going to be taking place at the Minneapolis Convention Center. Now, we've got a pair of tickets. I think we've got three pairs of tickets, so I guess three callers. We want to call in to 651 289-4488 and get a pair of tickets hey go to the uh lake home and cabin show on us and you can i think you can go to any of the three days is that right brandon friday saturday or sunday okay perfect so we're nothing we're nothing if not flexible here in the northern alliance radio network again 651-289-4488 that is the number to call if you'd like a pair of tickets again to the lake home and cabin show at the minneapolis convention center starting Excuse me, Friday, February 23rd, and going through Sunday, February 25th. Normally, I have you answer a trivia question, but I'm in a generous mood today. You call in, you get these tickets for free. Mr. Generosity over here. That's that's exactly right. Hey, I want to finish up on the uh, Parkland, Florida uh, high school shooting. Uh, specifically, the name of the high school was uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, again, where 17 people were killed uh, because of gunman, 19-year-old gunman Nicholas Cruz, who was on the, uh, who had been flagged by the FBI, I think, in early January, as exhibiting some uh, disturbing behavior, and this was the FBI statement on the Parkland, Florida shooting on January fifth, twenty eighteen. A person close to Nicholas Cruz contacted the FBI's public access line tip line 
to report concerns about him. The caller provided information about Cruz's gun ownership, desire to kill people, erratic behavior, and disturbing social media posts, as well as the potential of him conducting a school shooting. Upon established, under-established protocols, the information provided by the caller should have been assessed as a potential threat to life. The information then should have been forwarded to the FBI Miami field office where appropriate investigative steps would have been taken. We have determined that these protocols were not followed for the information received by the PAL on January 5. The information was not provided to the Miami field office and no further investigation was conducted at the time. FBI Director Christopher Ray said, We are still investigating the facts. I am committed to getting to the bottom of what happened in this particular matter, as well as reviewing our process for responding to information that we receive from the public. It's up to all Americans to be vigilant, and when members of the public contact us with concerns, we must act properly and quickly. We have spoken with victims and families and deeply regret the additional pain this causes all those affected by this horrific tragedy. All the men and women of the FBI are dedicated to keeping the American people safe and are relentlessly committed to improving all that we do and how we do it. So now, wouldn't that have been more prudent to wait for the investigation to at least get through 24 to 48 hours before making opinions on who's responsible for this? Wouldn't that have been more appropriate? Because that statement kind of indicates, yeah, you know, had we followed the proper protocols, this could have been prevented. So I ask again, how is that the fault of Second Amendment advocates? How is that the fault of the National Rifle Association? Heck, how is that even the fault of Congress? There were already laws and protocols in place to investigate things like this, and they weren't followed. And you know what? I couldn't help but be reminded of the shooting that took place at a Sutherland Springs, Texas church. Back, I believe that was last fall, late last year sometime, don't remember the exact point in time, but the gunman, Devin Kelly, who killed, I believe, 26 people at a Sutherland Springs church. He should have been legally barred from owning guns because he had a 2012 conviction of assault, of, for assaulting his then-wife and child. But he was able to purchase a firearm. Why? Because the United States Air Force failed to enter the assault conviction in a federal database. How about in Charleston, South Carolina? Remember that uh, horrific church shooting, a, a young man by the name of uh, Dylan Roof? He, according to the Department of Justice, when they reported on that particular shooting, I believe it took place in 2015, the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, or NICS, failed to properly maintain be maintained and updated. The NCIS uh, lacked timely and accurate data from local agencies that could have prevented the alleged shooter, well, we now know he was the, he was the shooter, but the, he was only alleged at the time, from purchasing the gun he used. During that investigation, it was discovered that Dylan Roof, the Charleston church shooter, was able to get around the NICS background check due to faults in the system. When Roof initially tried purchasing a firearm, his sale was delayed and he was given a three-day waiting period. During that time, it is expected that the Department of Justice will look into potential purchasers' uh, criminal background. Unfortunately, the local authorities neglected to note that Roof admitted to drug possession when he was arrested, which would have immediately prohibited made him a prohibited person even before trial. Those are three examples right there of how your calls for Congress to do something is utterly meaningless because you have these agencies who aren't even enacting the proper laws and the proper protocols, but yet you want to heap more bureaucratic paperwork on top of them when they're not even getting these things straight? Now, again... I don't want to I don't want to use the proverbial broad brush and paint all legal institutions as inept because who knows how many other atrocities such as this have been prevented by background checks being conducted uh per- attempted purchasers being flagged and then investigations taking place and then finding out this person was engaging in illegal activity and then, and then arresting them for something totally different and and preventing them from carrying off a mass shooting there's no way to know that So I'm not here to paint all of these legal institutions as incompetent. But what I am here to say is that these calls for Congress to do something is is meaningless 
Because if proper protocols would be have been followed in just these three examples of horrific mass shootings were a total of probably off the top of my head, if I can do the math off the top of my head, 60 to 70 people were killed between these three mass shootings alone. Had the proper protocols been enacted, they would have been prevented. So I don't really understand how Congress passing more laws does anything in this situation if we can't even really enact the laws that are currently in place. What sense does that even make in a rational world? But, of course, the favorite whipping boy of... Uh, the gun-grabbing crowd, the secular left, is, of course, the National Rifle Association. That's their favorite boogeyman. And their rationale is, well, of course Congress won't act, particularly the Republican majority in Congress won't act, because, well, the uh, National Rifle Association has them in their pocket. The millisecond they put force, and, and don't you love how they say common sense gun control? Common sense. Remember remember the common sense gun control laws they tried to pass in the uh, after the Orlando Florida shooting. And by the way, that was another one where Omar Mateen was on the FBI's watch list and they didn't follow up, didn't follow proper protocols. And 50 people ended up being killed in the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida back in June of 2016. That was okay. That was another instance. But after that shooting, Senator John Cornyn brought forth some legislation to say, okay, you know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll bring forth some legislation to increase background checks. To, uh, I, I don't forget what the exact legislation was, but for the Democrats, it wasn't good enough. The Democrats said, well, no, anybody appearing on these watch lists, on a terrorist watch list or on a no-fly list, they should not be allowed to purchase a firearm. Okay? And again, these are arbitrary watch lists that are deeply flawed. Remember when Ted Kennedy, when he was alive, he wa- I think he wound up on the no-fly list for some odd reason. Okay? Ted Kennedy... Yeah, Ted Kennedy was a uh, was a uh, immoral character, but he wasn't a terrorist, and yet he wound up on like this terrorist watch list. So did another congressman, a Republican congressman whose name escapes me. But it just shows you the protocols in which people end up on these arbitrary watch lists. It was deeply flawed, and yet some people don't even know they're on a no-fly list until they try to board a plane, and yet you're going to deny them a constitutional right because they're on an arbitrary watch list? How is that even remotely constitutional? You're going to deny them their due process for being on a watch list. Okay, you say, well, you can't buy a gun because you're on a watch list. Well, how do I get off this watch list? There's no way to adjudicate yourself off this watch list, right? But yet you're going to deny them their Second Amendment rights? But that was was what the Democrats wanted. They say, no, they they, they they even had a cute little slogan, no fly, no buy. Basically, if you're on a no-fly list, you can't buy a firearm. And when Republicans say, well, no, we're not going to pass any legislation that that's going to violate someone's due process, okay, then you have Senators Chris Murphy and Elizabeth Warren coming out and say, well, look at that. The Republicans want to sell guns to ISIS because they want to allow people on a terrorist watch list to buy a gun. You can't reason with people like this. So when you come out with common-sense gun control, well, apparently common sense means different things to different people. But here's, a, here's an interesting little factoid that I, uh, that I came up with. I did this uh, back uh, in late January. It was uh, when there was legislation going through the Senate that would have banned abortions past 20 weeks because it's been scientifically proven that a fetus can feel pain beyond 20 weeks. And the Democrats in the Senate filibustered that bill and did not allow it to come up for a vote. And so, therefore, the, the, the bill was, did not come up for a vote. And here's the thing that I want to point out. People say that the Republicans are in the pockets of the, of the NRA. Well, since 1990, every election cycle since 1990, you want to know how much... It, go to... Uh, let me find the website here. Yeah, OpenSecrets.org. You can look this up yourself. Every election cycle since 1990, of the top 100 donors to donate to political action committees, political candidates, fund advertisements for candidates, whatever, of the top 100 donors, the National Rifle Association was 94th out of 100. They barely break into the top 100. But have you ever heard of Emily's List, the radical pro-abortion organization? Yeah, they rank 29th out of 100. Half of Democrats supported, half of people who vote Democrats supported this 
mainstream ban on elective abortions in months six through nine of pregnancy. Half. Half. Okay? Now, between the House and Senate and Congress, there are 242 Democrats in Congress. Six. Six of them voted for that bill. Six. So who's in whose pocket? Okay? That sounds like classic projection to me. And as uh, my friend and colleague Mitch Berg says, whenever a uh, leftist mischaracterizes a Republican's uh, love of country or love of liberty, they're at best projecting and at worst drawing attention away from their own misdeeds. Yeah, the uh, abortion lobby is a much more powerful lobby than the NRA. Just classic projection on the, on their part. That is for certain. Hey, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson, the closer, right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back in a moment. You like freedom? I do. You like money? Well, I do too. You like freedom and money, and you're going to love freedom checks. You see, over the next few months, an estimated $34.6 billion is up for grabs to anyone who stakes their claim. Yep, you heard that right, $34.6 billion. To get all the details, just go to www.freedomchecks123.com. Thousands of people are already lined up to cash in. Take Doug, for example. He's a 46-year-old from Joplin, Missouri, who's set to get a check for $24,075. And if Doug can do this, I've got a hunch that you can, too. But here's the thing. You want the chance to grab your full fair share of this $34.6 billion payout? You must have your ducks in a row by March 1st. So don't wait. Get over to www.freedomchecks123.com before the March 1st deadline. That's freedomchecks123.com. When you're hiring, you don't want to sort through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Daryl has hired with Indeed. Nothing has been this simple, this easy, and this effective. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. Do you have sleep apnea? Are you tired of dragging your big bulky CPAP device with you whenever you leave home? Yeah, well, I was too. That's why I'm so glad I called to try the Transcend Mini CPAP for 10 nights. I can't imagine living without it now. My Transcend is about as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. That's less hassle to carry than my shaving kit. Plus, I was able to add a battery pack that's as tiny as a deck of cards. But hey, that's not all. Transcend is FAA compliant, too, which means I can finally sleep comfortably while flying. Heck, I can sleep comfortably anywhere now. So if that all sounds good to you, call now to give Transcend a try. You'll be glad you did. Now you can try Transcend and sleep comfortably for 10 restful nights with a money-back guarantee. Just pay return shipping. So call minicpap.com now. 1-800-915-9272. Again, that's 1-800-915-9272. 1-800-915-9272. If you could cook up the world's greatest radio station, what ingredients would you need? We'd start by mixing in high-quality, free-range wellness experts. Then we'd add in a generous scoop of the topics that matter most to you. Finally, we'd stir in a certified organic website full of helpful resources and garnish with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not some half-baked idea. It's on the air right now. Wellness Radio 1570, online at TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. Welcome back in, Columbia the Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Brandon, do we still have uh, tickets to give away? All right. Well, hey, folks, in case you missed it, we do have a pair of tickets to give away to the Lake Home and Cabin Show. It's taking place this weekend at the Minneapolis Convention Center. When I say this weekend, I mean Friday, February 23rd through Sunday, February 25th. Now, the tickets are good for any of those dates. And if you'd like a free pair of tickets, hey, Give us a call, 651-289-4488. Again, that's 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. 
And if you, again, like a free pair of tickets to the Lake Home and Cabin Show taking place at the Minneapolis Convention Center, give us a call again. I like to have a little fun with this and even ask a trivia question, but uh, I'm feeling generous today. Just give us a call and uh, you win the tickets. Uh, uh, if you want to call it a participation trophy, that's that's fair. I'm all about participation trophies, at least for this particular segment. That is, uh, that's for certain. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we want to take a uh, transition into uh, local politics right now. And uh, right now we are uh, honored to welcome to the studio, down to the Patriot Bunker, uh, Mary Giuliani Stevens. Uh, she is currently the mayor of the fine suburb of Woodbury and is one of eh, four, five maybe, uh, candidates vying for the GOP nomination for governor coming up this November. Of course, Governor Mark Dayton not seeking re-election. So this is an open seat, a great opportunity for Republicans to win their first statewide election since uh, 2006, Mary's coming on to uh, kind of tout her candidacy a little bit, talk a little bit about her background and uh, what she's hearing from the folks out there on the campaign trail. Uh, Mary Giuliani Stevens, an honor to have you on the broadcast today, ma'am. How are you? I'm great, Brad. Thanks for having me. I, you know, it's my first time on your show, so I, I hate to start off with a little beef. Uh-oh. But if you'll just indulge me for a minute here. I can take it, Mary. I promise. <laughs> okay, I promise. Okay. So thanks. I noticed that you posted I was going to be on today. Um, but you hyphenated my la- my name, and I don't have a hyphenated name. You so don't? Okay. I do not. Giuliani is my maiden name. It's now my legal middle name, and I'm proud of my Italian heritage. Okay. Stevens is my last name. So I'll just point that out. I got that. Well, you know, it's kind of funny you bring that up because uh, my wife wanted to do the exact same thing, use her maiden name as her middle name. And for like the first 10 years of her marriage, she thought she had done that. But apparently there was a miscommunication or something. It's like, no, you have a hyphenated last name. It is your maiden name, hyphen Carlson. It's like, when do, you know, we, we had no idea. It's like, no big deal, but we just thought so. Uh, but uh, so you can understand maybe I'm using that as an excuse. Oh, at, okay. Yeah, that's good. I'll let you have it as an excuse. But legally, I, mine didn't get hyphenated. It will so. not happen going yeah, forward, Mary Julietta so Stevens. Much. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. Well, okay, uh, Mary, get to know you a little bit about you. Uh, currently the uh, mayor of Woodbury since uh, 2011. Uh, you had a very uh, uh, compelling bre- uh, personal background in the uh, legal field. Um, I guess what made you want to throw your hat in the ring to uh, be the Republican candidate for governor, Mary Stevens? You know, I really think people are looking for a different type of candidate now. I think they're looking for something different, somebody new. I think they're looking for new leadership, uh, you know, new solutions, bold leadership. So uh, I guess uh, how did your uh, foray into politics begin? As we alluded to, you've been... Uh, mayor of Woodbury for what, about uh, seven, eight years now. Uh, what uh, what was the motivation behind uh, getting into politics? You seem to have a pretty good life, uh, uh, career-wise, family life, uh, but you decided to get into the foray of politics. Some might question that uh, move, Mary Julianne <laughs> yeah. Stevens, but uh, what was uh, what was kind of your motivation behind that? Thanks. Well, I actually started at the city council level Okay. Uh, before I became mayor, and um, for that exact reason that you said. I had a pretty good life. Things were going well for me. I lived in a community that had provided me a lot of opportunities. And at that point, um, I looked at it and said, you know, now's my time to give back. And so I ran for city council, was successful there. After four years there, said, you know, I've got some ideas and vision for the city, and I ran for mayor. So what is it that, uh, like I say, that was that your first city council? Was that now your first experience ever in politics? Had you ever been in politics before? I've never been in politics. Well, I might have run for like a school office. Okay. You know. Well, I ask that because uh, obviously it's a it's kind of a whole different animal, whole different uh, breed, so to speak. So what was some of the things that you learned when uh, obtaining these positions that surprised you, you didn't expect, and uh, obviously led your experience to running for governor now? Well, I think some of the things I learned is that, you know, you do you do need a vision. Sure. You do need to have some priorities and objectives, which I had. And I think under that theme of bringing, you know, new solutions and bold leadership, which I intend to take statewide there, I looked at, you know, what makes a city great? What are the priorities a city should have? And so I looked at job creation, economic development, and just making government efficient and effective. We like that. Yeah. yeah. I also learned that you know, it's not our money. It's the people's money. Yes. And, you know, we need to be really responsible and we need to be responsive. So one of the ways you do that is you need to let people have a voice. So how we do public process has changed even in the eight years I've been there. So and then I learned that there are great people out there who really want to make their communities great and give back to their communities, whether they're entrepreneurs just starting, whether they're small businesses, 
whether they're large corporations, and then just the groups, the civic groups and the faith communities that make up your community? Now, I, I, I'm very familiar with uh, Whittier. I don't know if you know, know this. You probably don't know this about me. I actually grew up near the 3M complex over the the, uh, the border from Maplewood. I did and Whittier. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, uh, not for, very, so I'm familiar with that area. I've loved that area for me. In fact, I, I tell people this. I, I actually went to school across the border in uh, UW River Falls. So I would commute Highway 94 east into Wisconsin. And I'm old enough to remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, when I was driving to school every day, I drive on 94, look south toward Woodbury, and it was cornfields as far as the eye could see into to see where it's gone from then to where it is now, uh, certainly a dynamic, certainly a uh, dynamic change to say the least. One of the more dynamic suburbs we have, Mary Stevens. Absolutely fast growing. We used to have a radio station. That's Radio Drive. I so I, that. I live yeah. off a of Radio Drive. So okay. that radio station is now a hundred acre redevelopment site that has taken off and been quite True. successful for us. Absolutely. So I guess. Um, so now that you are, like we mentioned at the outset, vying for the Republican nomination for for governor, and obviously that's why we're having you on, Mary, to tout your candidacy here. We're a little bit about where you stand on the issues. And before we get into that, I guess, was there a defining moment or, or an aha moment that said, I think I want to run for governor? Because you obviously are aware or becoming aware what a formidable race this is going to be and what it's going to be like going forward. But uh, was there kind of that defining moment that said, I want to run for governor? No, I don't think there was. I think it's a process. I've explored other opportunities over the last decade. I think it was a, maybe a growing frustration as mayor and trying to you know, have a efficient and effective local government and being impacted by outside agencies in the, in the state, of and course. the St. Paul government. <laughs> so a, a growing frustration, maybe a little feeling like you're pushing the boulder uphill. Um, and just an opportunity to say, you know, we we had this success. We can take it statewide. There are a lot of things I learned, a lot of things I still have to learn. Sure. But I, again, like I said, I think people are looking for new solutions and some bold leadership. So obviously you've probably uh, heard the stats. And of course, living in Minnesota, you're probably well aware yourself. A uh, Republican has not won a statewide election here in nearly 12 years, 2006. Yeah. Uh, no pressure at all, Mary, yeah, no pressure yeah. at all. But uh, I, I bring that up to say... you. You're obviously very aware of the, uh, of the of this task that that you are undertaking. So, uh, what are you doing to draw a distinction from not only the DFLers but say other Republican candidates? Because as Republicans, we have our same basic core issues. You addressed them a little bit in kind of a broader sense: more effective and efficient government. It is our money; it's not the government. So, what what are you doing to kind of draw a distinction from the from the other candidates and to Kind of get your name more out there. So here's where I'm different. So on the new solutions end, for the last decade, maybe maybe even a little longer. So and I'm so I'm not saying it's one party or the other. We really have been looking at you know tomorrow's challenges and applying yesterday's solutions. Mm, okay. You look at Minnesota. We're a great state. Sure. But I I don't know if you've ever read Jim Collins. I'm kind of a Jim Collins fan. So okay. read his books and he's got books uh, good to great, and then he's got how the mighty shall fall. And what happens with these corporations that he studied, and it can be applied to public service, is you get you get to the top. So you get great. You're good in education. You're the leader in healthcare. You're the leader in corporate America. But then you start resting on your laurels. Mm-hmm. Then you keep doing things the same old way. And what happens? You either flatten out or you start to decline. And I think that's where we're at in public policy. So I think we need to start looking at new solutions down the road. On the bold leadership, I think people are just fed up with political rhetoric. I think they want somebody that actually has a proven record and has actually done something. And I think that's where I differentiate myself. I'm the only candidate that's effectively run government, not just complained about it. So as mayor of, you know, a very large and fast-growing city, I have that executive experience, balancing budgets, proposing conservative policy, um, limiting the scope of government. You mm-hmm. know, what does go- what gov- should government do and what sh- they shouldn't, and actually getting stuff done. So I, I think I have a, a good track record of making government efficient and effective. Now, in the number of months you've been out there on the campaign trail, and obviously we talked a little bit off air, you've uh, uh, met a lot of people. Uh, I had to refresh your memory of how you met my wife and <laughs> yeah, I. Mary. Sorry so, about that. Oh, that no, I've it's met fine. hundreds. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not knocking. I'm just yeah. saying that's the point. You've met a lot of people. You've talked to a lot of folks, heard their concerns. Um, um, is there one concern that's kind of the prevailing sentiment of voters more than any other that they that they have going into this uh, particular election cycle? I th- if I have to sum it all up in one, I think 
you know, I don't know if this is a good visual or not, but I think people are standing out there waving their hands at St. Paul going, remember us? Mm. We're out here. Remember us? Are you going to are you going to make policies and do things that are positive for our lives, that improve our lives, that give us more opportunities? I think they're just a little fed up. Well, that, that's certainly yeah. There's certainly a, a, a broad, a lot of uh, broad variation of issues have taken place. Certainly, there's a lot to um, take away from the uh, 2016 election cycle. Something that uh, I certainly have never seen in my lifetime of, uh, of being able to uh, cast a vote. Uh, is there any specific takeaways you can take away from 2016? I mean, or have things changed that? Because, I mean, living in the world we live in today, things can change pretty quickly, as you alluded to, Mary, and we don't want to apply yesterday's solutions to them. But uh, is there any big takeaways uh, from that that you can uh, bring into this particular cycle? From the results of the election in yeah. six? Yeah, people wanted somebody different. They wanted somebody that had a track record and could get something done. Whatever you think of Donald Trump, he's focused, he's disciplined. He said, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I think is important to move the country forward in the economy. He listed all of the things he was going to do, and he's moving in that direction. So I think of, so take Minnesota. We're one of the highest tax states in the country. Mm -hmm. And I say, and now it's even more burdensome under the tax laws, under, under the current administration. But you look at the tax reform. And you can't deny results. Right. So you can't deny that when you do something fundamental like change your tax structure and it does increase wages and jobs are created and bonuses are given at all levels, you know, not just large corporations, and companies are willing to reinvest and grow, which is what it takes, that everybody's going to be impacted because when they reinvest, they hire more people. They pay more wages. Right. You know, hopefully the cost of goods comes down. And so, you know, it affects everybody and everything. So I say those are results. We can do that in Minnesota. We need some tax reform. Again, we are joined by Minnesota gubernatorial candidate Mary Giuliani Stevens. She is vying for the Republican nomination for the governor's race this year in uh, 2018. Uh, we have one final segment uh, with our guest coming up. And if you'd like to give us a call, leave a comment or question, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also use Twitter. Use hashtag NARN. That's hashtag N-A-R-N for any comments or questions. And we'll be back with one final segment with Mary Giuliani Stevens in mere moments right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Do you have sleep apnea? Are you tired of dragging your big, bulky CPAP device with you whenever you leave home? Yeah, well, I was too. That's why I'm so glad I called to try the Transcend Mini CPAP for 10 nights. I can't imagine living without it now. My Transcend is about as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. That's less hassle to carry than my shaving kit. Plus, I was able to add a battery pack that's as tiny as a deck of cards. But hey, that's not all. Transcend is FAA compliant, too, which means I can finally sleep comfortably while flying. Heck, I can sleep comfortably anywhere now. So if that all sounds good to you, call now to give Transcend a try. You'll be glad you did. Now you can try Transcend and sleep comfortably for 10 restful nights with a money-back guarantee. Just pay return shipping. So call minicpap.com now. 1-800-915-9272. Again, that's 1-800-915-9272. 1-800-915-9272. According to a recent survey, these are the top barriers to company growth. Finance takes too long to close the books, too slow to launch new products, hiring and keeping good people, systems not talking to each other. They should look at the number one business and financial system for growing companies, NetSuite from Oracle. NetSuite tracks and manages your revenue, cash flow, HR, inventory, projects, even e-commerce from a dashboard on your phone. Go to NetSuite.com slash radio to get your free guide called Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth. NetSuite.com slash radio. I was skeptical when I heard that your family bank could help me pay off my mortgage and get out of debt in under 10 years with my current income. Hi, my name is John. I'm a Patriot listener and a financial executive here in town. As such, I understand numbers. Using your family bank, my family will go from a $292,000 mortgage with 22 years remaining and $40,000 of additional debt to being totally out of debt, including the mortgage, in 9.8 years. We'll save $103,000. If you don't have a program which will get your family totally out of debt, including your mortgage, in less than 10 years just by redirecting your current cash flow, you need to talk with Daniel of Your Family Bank, who's right here in the Twin Cities. Thanks, John. This is Daniel Altwick of Your Family Bank. 
My friend, there's no risk nor obligation to find out for yourself. Go to daniel.yourfamilybank.org, click on the request tab in the upper right-hand corner and leave your contact information. daniel.yourfamilybank.org. That's daniel.yourfamilybank.org. There are two radio stations in this city that focus on good news. One has the good news about the economy, jobs, consumer confidence, and the defeat over ISIS. One has the good news about the victory over the cross. One is all about the here and now. The other is all about eternity. To get through the day, you need both. So when you want to know more about the day's news and what to think about it, turn to AM 1280, The Patriot. If you want to change your life, turn to AM 980, The Mission. Together, we can change the world. Hey, welcome back. AM 12, the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, Do we have an update on the ticket status, Brandon? Uh, I'm sorry? We have two pair left? Okay. So someone did call and get one pair? Fantastic. Well, hey, folks. In case you've missed it, we do have a couple pair of tickets. And I'll tell you what, if you have a desire to get two pair, right? you know, if, if you have three friends you want to bring along, call in right now. 651-289-4488. I guess a four-pack of tickets to the Lake Home and Cabin Show that's taking place this Friday, February 23rd through Sunday, uh, February 25th at the Minneapolis Convention Center. And again, these tickets are good for any of those three days. So I'm calling it right now. In fact, Brandon's on the phone with someone right now, so uh, they may only have use for one pair. All right. Fantastic. Tickets are gone. Way to go, folks. Way to step up. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network, with me, Brad Carlson, joined in studio by Mary Giuliani Stevens. She is vying for the Republican nomination for Minnesota uh, Governor. Uh, Mary, uh, before we uh, before we get, we only got about five six minutes to go. We definitely want to give folks an opportunity to find out more about you, whether it's via your website, social media accounts, uh, what have you. Because well, that's the state of the world today. Uh, people like the information at their fingertips and where they can find out more about you. Uh, website, Facebook, website, all that good yep. stuff. Website's www.maryformengov.com. I've got my little video on there as well. You can email me. Email me for mary at maryformengov.com. And the fours are all F-O-R. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at maryformengov. And whatever you do, don't don't uh, hyphenate uh, Giuliani yeah, Stevens. I've learned that the hard way. In fact, yeah. I'm uh, I'm going through editing all my social media posts right now as we speak. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or you can call me too at six one two three hundred oh nine three nine. I had a delegate call just to make sure I really do answer my phone. How about that? Yeah. Oh well, folks, hey, there you go. I, that that uh, I don't uh, I don't know of many candidates that give out a personal number like that. So uh, uh, whatever the case, Mary, you're definitely stepping up your communications game, if nothing else. So uh, well, obviously the. We've got, uh, and it'll go quick, of a little less than uh, uh, nine months till Election Day, but obviously the uh, one of the first orders of business is you're talking to a, a lot of the delegates. You're going to be facing the delegates at the uh, Minnesota Republican Convention the first weekend in June. Uh, something I ask all the candidates, I'll ask yourself, Mary, uh, if you do not receive the endorsement from the GOP delegates, so will you abide by the endorsement, or are you planning on going to the August primary? I have stated publicly many times that I'll abide by the endorsement. Okay, okay, pretty cut and dry for sure. So uh, with that in mind, then I guess the time frame is a little bit shorter, three and a half months to the uh, convention. Uh, what are some of the uh, what are some of the things you're doing to uh, reach out to delegates? I mean, obviously there's a lot of, uh, lot of nights at uh, different uh, restaurants and uh, 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 banquet rooms and, and that sort of thing. Uh, what are some of the events that you got coming up? Maybe uh, the folks have an opportunity to meet you. Absolutely. So I, the best part is actually getting out there in person. Uh, tough to do the whole state, so we do have you know we do have other strategies for reaching folks. Sure. But it is we w- attended our first uh, convention, so Benton County already had their convention to select their delegates that are going um, on to the state convention in June. But con- uh, the local BPOUs continue to have their meetings, and so we're out and about. Busy day yesterday, as I said, we went up to Benton County. Um, had a couple forums, had the Minnesota uh, Gun Owners Forum, okay. and then later in the day went up to Eveleth for the um, Iron Range Forum. So spend as much time as I can going out to the meetings and meeting delegates, listening to them. What's, what are their concerns in their areas? What are they, what are they caring about? What do they want to see happen down in St. Paul? And, you know, that's the key. 
between now and June is to reach the delegates. I'm encouraged because I'd only been in the race 68 days um, at caucus on February 6th. And when I looked kind of into the details of the numbers, where I had been live or where I had met delegates, um, I had some really good numbers. So a lot of work to do, but excited and ready to keep moving forward looking at that June 2nd date. Now, as obviously a lot has been made, uh, particularly this last election cycle, and particularly within the state of Minnesota, uh, this was as close that as close as a Republican has come to winning uh, this state in a long, long time. I and mean, President Trump lost the state by only uh, one and a half points. And the distinction seemed to be pretty clear. A lot of the urban areas, particularly within Ramsey County, Hennepin County, went heavily for Hillary Clinton, and, and a lot of and Donald Trump had some very strong outstate support. Obviously, as you're traveling the entire state, Mary, uh, are you still getting a sense that that's how they? Uh, that's how the dynamics, the demographics, if you were, are, are breaking down, or uh, be, or are you making uh, inroads in some of the urban areas? Because let's face it, you're you're within a first ring suburb yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, I our friends in Greater Minnesota have just done a phenomenal job working hard to turn Minnesota red in those counties. They have, but I think you you, you know you're you're spot on there. If you look at uh, past elections, you're seeing that we're losing those suburban voters. Mm. And I've said. You've got to pick up those suburban voters to offset the DFL advantage in Minneapolis and St. Yes. Paul. You know, I mean, yeah, you got to pick up a p- couple points in Minneapolis and St. Paul, but you're not going to win them. Sure. And so, um, I've consistently won those voters in the suburban communities, and I'll do it again as candidate for governor. So, if we don't pick up the independent votes in the suburban areas, you know, a plus three in Maplewood, you know, a plus two in Maple Grove, plus four in Eden Prairie, uh, we can't win. Yeah, and as we, I mean, we we talked about statewide races, and not since Governor Plenty was reelected in 06 have we won statewide. But I mean, you you just look a couple of years later in two thousand eight when Al Franken was elected senator. I mean, had Norm Coleman just picked up, like you said, just a small percentage of Hennepin County. You don't, you're not under any delusion you're going to win it, but just a small percentage would have, would have won a reelection. So I think that's an important. Point, it was. Mary it Stevens. was a really small percentage, and I was involved in that recount and active back then. So oh, I was it too. Was, yeah, 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 it was a t- <laughs> it was a tiny margin. Yeah, it absolutely was. Well, once again, we are joined by Mary Giuliani Stevens. Again, go to her website, Mary for MN Gov. That's Mary, the word for F O R M N Gov. That's Mary for MN Gov. Dot com. There's a fantastic video on there with her uh, announcement of her getting in the race. Find out a little bit more about her, her family, and the issues and what she's going to do going forward. Uh, Mary, it always goes by too quickly. We appreciate you joining the broadcast, and uh, we'll definitely see you out on the campaign trail. Look forward to it. Thanks for having me on. Mary Giuliani Stevens, a Republican candidate for governor, vying for the Republican nomination. Appreciate your time today. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for coming on or checking out the broadcast, AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. It's no secret that Minnesota winters are insanely cold. Do your windows stand up to it? Most windows are just double pane, but new Windows for America products are triple pane and 30% more energy efficient than most competitors. And they're easy to clean and maintenance free. You'll also get lifetime labor service and glass break warranty that is fully transferable. They're a family owned business that's been around for 18 years and they take pride in giving you the best quality. Visit theminnesotawindow.com to get the windows you deserve. I'm Jan Markell, helping you understand the times. Are you listening to Jesus? Do you know what he said? Do you have any idea what the signs of his return are? There isn't much emphasis in most churches today about the return of Jesus Christ, yet it is the next great event on God's calendar. God started to prepare for this event in 1948, and he established the state of Israel. Recently, President Trump furthered that process when he established plans to move the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, acknowledging Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. God is getting the land ready to receive the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Bible is clear that the work Jesus did on the cross is the message of salvation. But when he comes again, he's coming as a ruling conqueror. Are you ready? For more information, visit our website and listen to our full-length program anytime at olivetreeviews.org.
I started my adventure as an aerospace medical technician. Flight medic in the Air Force Reserve. Satellite system operator. As a space systems operator. And I'm a pilot for the Air Force Thunderbirds demonstration. We team. deliver the world's timeliest environmental intelligence data. Flying to Afghanistan, bringing wounded warriors back to Germany. We take care of injured personnel on a daily basis. And then flying them from Germany back to the States. As a member of the Thunderbirds, I get to be a part of a team that passes on the message of the United States Air Force Reserve to the U.S. and the world. It's a very exciting career. One of the greatest things about the Air Force Reserve is all the different opportunities. The training in the Air Force Reserve is second to none. It gave me the opportunity to go to college. The Air Force Reserve actually paid for my education, which allowed me to commission. It was definitely a bonus. Probably the most exciting thing I've done is support humanitarian relief operations in places like Haiti. The Reserve gave me the opportunity to learn something totally different from what I did. Being able to travel. I enjoy the getaways that I get, and I enjoy the camaraderie and fellowship I share with all my unit mates. We're really close-knit. We're unique. And the Air Force Reserve gave me all those opportunities, and then even more. Start your adventure in the Air Force Reserve. The next time you could use a pick-me-up, head over to Godvine.com for uplifting and inspirational videos that you'll truly love. Join the millions of Christians from around the world who watch and share Godvine videos each day. They know that Godvine videos are specially chosen to bring joy and share the love of God and the wonder of His creations. For the very best Christian videos, visit us today at Godvine.com. This is AM 1280. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 